0: Hello and welcome to Watch Jerusalem. I'm Chris Eames and I'll be your host for today's program. Now last week we played a rerun on our uh, radio station 101.3 KPCG, uh, a rerun of our program on Adam and Eve. And that got me to th- into thinking more about... The subject of very early biblical history. Now, I love this subject. This, this topic has been a bit of a hobby for me, looking into any evidence for the, for the earliest stories in the Bible. And it certainly is a more challenging period than, say, the later periods, the periods of, of the, the monarchy, the kings of Israel and Judah, where you have numerous individuals that have been uh, found corroborated by archaeology. Not so though with the very early uh, early biblical history, uh, say pre-flood biblical history, and it is a more challenging period, but, but why challenging? Is that the fault of the Bible, that, that it doesn't match up well enough with discovered history, What what has been discovered by science? Well, that's one way to look at it, but what if it's not the right way to look at it? What if it is simply our skewed ideas? our preconceived notions about what the Bible actually says, what if that's the problem? Throw in some scientific misconceptions and you you really have a recipe for some pretty disastrous conclusions. So for today's program, we're going to take a look through the earliest history of the earth— probably up to around 2000 BCE, depending on how far we get. And we'll see if it really contradicts or if it supports the biblical account. So we start off with the elephant in the room, shall we say. But the Bible says the earth and the universe is 6,000 years old. And that's impossible. How could that be? Where did the dinosaurs, dinosaurs fit in? Now, this is quite a common religious view that, that, yes, the Bible says the earth is 6,000 years old. Uh, the dinosaurs were wandering around with man but were, were killed off by the flood. Uh, some claim that the dinosaurs, some dinosaurs were on board the ark and either died out afterwards or perhaps survived to this day and, and are wandering around in the, somewhere in the African jungles. Uh, so this standpoint is known as young earth creationism. Now, the Bible doesn't say that the Earth was created six thousand years ago. Genesis one verse one simply says, "In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. Now, most people simply skip over this and jump to the days of creation, the seven days of creation. But there are two vital, vital verses that come before the days of creation section even begins before it even happens. It, it certainly doesn't say 6,000 years ago God created the heavens and the earth. Simply, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. It, it doesn't give a timestamp. It could have, shall we say, have been millions of years ago, billions of years ago. Now, look at the next verse, uh, Genesis 1, verse 2. Look at what happened after God created the heavens and the earth, we read, And the earth was without form, and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters. So what do we have here? We have an earth, we have heavens, we have water. Already we have an earth, heavens, water before these, these days of creation, begin before before we we begin the section on the days of creation all described as being created by God before the 7-day creation week but but look look again at verse 2 after verse 1 the creation of the heavens and the earth what happened verse 2 reads the earth was without form and void these words in Hebrew are tohu and bohu And they describe a state of of chaos and utter desolation. But really, did God create the world in a state of chaos and destruction? The Bible categorically says that he did not. Isaiah 45 verse 18 is a key verse here. And it says that God, quote, formed the earth and made it. He he has established it. He created it not in vain. Now, the word vain here is the Hebrew tohu or chaos, the same word used in Genesis 1 verse 2. And it says here, God didn't create the earth tohu. God didn't create it in a state of tohu. Yet Genesis 1 verse 2 says that after God created the earth, it was tohu. So what happened here? Well, to cut a long story short, Genesis 1 is describing two creations, two creations of the earth. The first is in verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, this initial creation, it could have taken place millions, billions of years ago. The Bible just doesn't say. This was the world of the dinosaurs and any kind of prehistoric beasts and and sea monsters that... If they were around today, if they were around during the age of man, they would have quickly rendered us extinct. This was the world that, as science has proven, came to a mysterious and cataclysmic end. Now, evidence exists of vast planet-wide destruction, uh, apparently relating to asteroid impacts, as well as to volcanic eruptions and, and sea level change. And in scientific terms, this is technically known as the Cretaceous-Paleogene-Extinction event. And it fits perfectly with Genesis 1 verse 2. And the earth was without form and void. Was here is, is better translated became. So we have, and the earth became, tohu and bohu, became without form and void, became Utter chaos and desolation. God didn't create the earth this way. Isaiah 45 says that he doesn't create this way. So after the earth was initially created, it became this way. And darkness was upon the face of the deep. As, as verse 2 continues. Now, this account of total darkness certainly does match up well with the sort of, you could say, nuclear winter, as would have been caused by a massive asteroid impact. Uh, the uh, most commonly associated with the, with the big uh, crater found in the Gulf of Mexico, uh, I'm probably going to butcher this word, the Chicxulub crater found in the Gulf of Mexico. Uh, relating to this extinction event that, that uh, is most commonly known for, for wiping out the dinosaurs. Now, I don't have time to go into it, but the Bible does describe a massive angelic rebellion that occurred following the initial creation of the earth, yet before the creation of man. And it's described in part in Isaiah 14 and Ezekiel 28. And you can read more about it in our article, Dinosaurs, the Bible, and a 6,000-year-old Earth. I'll leave a link for this article in the show notes. If you're listening to this on 101.3 KPCG, you can find this on our website, watchjerusalem.co.il. Now, this angelic rebellion wreaked havoc on the earth, sending... Prehistoric life forms to their extinction and bringing about the end of what scientists call the Mesozoic era. Now let's look at Genesis one verse two again. It says, "Quote and and the earth was without form and void and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and the spirit of God moved upon the face of the waters." And so, what does God do now? He determines to recreate the earth. That's the simple, logical answer about the creation week. It's actually a recreation. It, it, it isn't the original creation of the earth. That's described in Genesis 1 verse 1. That world may have lasted for, for however long, perhaps millions of years, perhaps billions of years, before the destruction described in Genesis 1 verse 2. And then following that destruction... The Spirit of God moves upon the face of the deep, upon the face of of this destroyed world, and God sets about recreating the earth with the creation week. Now, further evidence for this can be found in verses throughout the Bible. Uh, One in particular is Psalm 104 verse 30, and and speaking of God, it says, You send forth your Spirit, they are created, and you renew the face of the earth. So, so here we have God sending forth His Spirit over the face of the deep, and renewing the face or renewing the surface of the Earth in the creation week. He didn't start creating the the, the entire Earth at this point from scratch. He renewed it, and ho- hopefully that makes sense. I will say, if you do have any questions about this, please send them to us at letters at Watch Jerusalem. So here we have an Earth, potentially millions of years old or more, and the face of it is renewed during the creation week, 6,000 years ago. So now we come to the next era of our planet Earth, the one we're still living in, what scientists call the Cenozoic Era, that began at the time of the creation week, that fits with this period of the creation week. So we'll take a short break right here, but don't go away. When we come back, we'll continue discussing the Cenozoic era, the recreation of the earth as shown in the Bible, as backed up by science. This is Watch Jerusalem, where history and prophecy come alive. Thank you for listening. Welcome back. To watch Jerusalem, if you've just joined us, we're discussing Earth's most ancient history, the initial creation, the the time of the dinosaurs, so to speak, and how science does actually match up with the biblical account. Rather than the Earth being 6,000 years old, Genesis, Genesis 1, among many other biblical passages, shows that the creation week was actually a recreation of the Earth, an already existent Earth, after a cataclysmic destruction destroyed the already existent Earth. And uh, Genesis 1, verse 1, describes the initial creation of the planet, the very initial creation of the planet, inhabited by dinosaurs and by other prehistoric beasts. Verse 2 describes a massive destruction and extinction event, which matches up with what scientists call the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction at the end of what is known as the Mesozoic Era. And then verse 3 describes a renewal, a recreation of the earth, verse 3 onwards, the beginning of what scientists call the Cenozoic Era. So this is essentially the age of mammals, the Cenozoic Era. So here, in six days, God stabilizes and recreates the earth. Quote, uh, verse 3: And God said, Let there be light, and there was light. So this starts off the creation week. This week of renewal, culminating in the creation of man on the sixth day, and, and finally the establishing of the Sabbath on the seventh. So God designed this world specifically for man this recreation this this renewal of the earth specifically for man this this was God's new plan to make man after his own image as it says in verse 26 and this would be the world of mammals a world within ma- within which man could thrive could could have dominion as the same verse says as verse 26 says and when you think about it man couldn't have had dominion over a world of dinosaurs that's that's for sure so we have the Cenozoic Era, the mammalian period, period of mammals, man, and primarily warm-blooded animals. And this includes the creatures often thought of as Ice Age animals, the woolly mammoths, the giant sloths, the saber-toothed tigers, etc., etc. So the seven-day creation week starts this new period. And the genealogy found in Genesis 5 Makes it clear that this creation week, which which started this period, occurred roughly six thousand years ago. But wait, you may say, man comes on the scene. This this mammal, this period of the mammals begins. Uh, Ice age type animals, so to speak, appear on the scene only six thousand years ago. How's that possible? Doesn't scientists don't don't scientists say that these came on the scene millions of years ago? that modern man appeared roughly 200,000 years ago? What about all the, the, the homo sapien bones, the Neanderthal bones, the Denisovan bones that date tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of years ago? Well, put simply, the dating methods are wrong. Now, there isn't much time to get into this in detail on this short program, so I'll briefly explain Dating methods such as carbon dating, uranium dating, and samarium dating, etc., etc., they're essentially not reliable. That's because dating methods are based on the assumption that, in general, the Earth is and and always has been operating under a fixed system, that it is now as it always has been, that the rate of radioactive decay in, in a given item is and always has been the same and thus it is precisely measurable and able to give us precise dates as far back as as millennia ago as thousands and thousands of years hundreds of thousands of years ago now that's a supremely risky assumption to make and actually scientific research has been proving that this assumption is not just slightly but utterly wrong regular, regular occurring solar flares as well as fluctuations in the Earth's magnetic field, have been shown to directly and and quite significantly affect rates of decay. And even simple changes in the seasons have been shown to change decay rates. Add to this as well the testing of nuclear weapons over the past 80 years. This has caused quite serious issues with properly reading radiocarbon dates due to the fact that Even minuscule amounts of radiation particles have spread all over the Earth's atmosphere. Now, generally, these issues raised have had no real significant response from the broader scientific community with regard to dating methods. Uh, Isotopic dating is the much cherished baby of evolutionary scientists. And while certain measures have been taken to correct some of these errors... Still, dating is often way off and generally provides far older dates than, than actually what would, have, what would have happened. There's one example of a Himalayan geological event that was given a date 1,900% greater than what was found by later research. So we can see that it, it, it's faulty logic to base everything on a system assumed to have been stable. And you know what might throw off the stability of the earth's systems? Something that would throw off these dates? Perhaps something like a worldwide flood? The flood of Noah's day? Biblical chronology shows that that this happened roughly 4,500 years ago. And thus any dates given earlier than this can be considered to be significantly exaggerated. Now, if you'd like further links to research this on your own, you can find them in a couple of our our articles on cultural universals at watchjerusalem.co.il, specifically our articles on clothing and music. And I'll leave a link to an article on the subject uh, from our sister website, thetrumpet.com. Now, the biblical description uh, of the first couple thousand years following the creation week, so again, the creation week, being a recreation of an already existent earth, an earth that's perhaps millions or billions of years old, this recreation, this creation week, which occurred roughly 6,000 years ago, uh, the biblical description of the first couple of thousand years following this creation week actually indicates a world much different than it is today, and thus a world that, that we can't date uh, by By basing the the climate, the environment on what it is today. The, the biblical account indicates that this world was much different. And a case in point is that that it describes lifespans for mankind of nearly 1,000 years, people living nearly to a, a millennium in in age. Now certainly the Earth's systems would have been very different for this to have been able to happen and a case could be made that under an environment supporting incredibly long lifespans such as this it could have also been possible that animals also lived very long lives and considering these incredibly long lifespans it's apparent that this would have that, that this would artificially stretch dating for this period of very early man now, a case in point is mitochondrial Eve and Y-chromosome Adam. And yes, if if you listen to the program played on KPCG last week uh, for Watch Jerusalem, yes, genes- uh, geneticists have proven that all mankind has descended from just one man and just one woman. Now, s- scientists date this Y-chromosome Adam and mitochondrial Eve to roughly 200,000 years ago. But when just considering pure genetics, rather than shotgun dating, when just considering the pure genetics, the genetic evidence points to these two having lived somewhere around 6,000 years ago. So a a big difference there, as one example, with, with the dating. Now this research uh, was done by geneticist Dr. Sanford and Dr. Carter, and it's discussed in detail in our article, The Case for Adam and Eve. Again, I'll leave a link for this article as well in the show notes. So in taking the, the dating with a grain of salt, you have the genetic evidence for all mankind going back to just one, and one, one man and one woman, and when following genetic mutation time alone, Those individuals can be logically dated back within 6,000 years. And there's more than that because, jaw-droppingly, geneticists have also uh, found that nearly all animal species on Earth also trace back to a single pair. Pairs dated by by these scientists to sometime less than 250,000 years ago. Now, this is believed to have been due to a massive extinction again, uh, event. And again, taking this uh, dating with a grain of salt, how remarkable, how remarkable that virtually all animal species also trace back to a single pair uh, sometime less than 250,000 years ago a- as, the, as the scientists date it. So what about the evolution The the modern genetic research, which is really taking off now, is proving to be very problematic for the evolutionary theory. So much for the effectiveness of millions of years' worth of evolution. Uh, I'll leave a link to this genetic research in the show notes below as well. The genetic research relating to animals uh, coming from a single pair in relatively recent history. So, to sum up then, in Genesis 1 verses 1 to 2, we have the biblical account matching up beautifully with the Mesozoic era, the age of dinosaurs, and uh, that followed by the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction. Now, Genesis 1 verse 3 onwards marks the recreation of the earth, the start of the creation week, the age of man and, and, and mammals, and this is the start of the Cenozoic era the era in which we still live today. This period, beginning uh, roughly 6,000 years ago, the dating, as stated above, being critically flawed, the the scientific dating, and most likely artificially extended by, for example, the incredibly long lifespans described for early man, as talked about in Genesis 5. And also thrown off by the worldwide flood roughly 4,500 years ago. So we've mentioned the presence of the massive so-called Ice Age animals on the scene at the same time as man. And archaeology has has shown this. The woolly mammoths, the the saber-toothed tigers, the giant sloths. What happened to them? This is recognized as another extinction period by the scientists, and scientists call this the Quaternary Extinction Event. The reason for this extinction is much debated, but it has been linked to glacial activity and increasing temperatures with a corresponding rise in sea levels. Now, that's very interesting for Bible believers. Could this have been the flood of Noah's Day? A flood which, uh, as Genesis 7 verses 20 to 21 says, covered covered the mountains and killed all flesh that moved upon the earth, minus the representative species from each genus that was taken aboard the ark. And could this flood be the reason for such piecemeal scattered evidence of very early man, man dating prior to this period? It certainly does seem logical that that generally all preserved man-made construction that has been discovered by archaeologists would date to some time after the flood, i.e., no no earlier than around 4,500 years ago. Now Jericho, for example, is often labelled as the most ancient city ever discovered. It's Jericho uh, in in the modern-day West Bank in Israel. Now the earliest settlement is uh, traditionally dated, uh, the earliest settlement for Jericho is traditionally dated as being about 10,000 years old. So this dating actually just follows the traditional end date for this quaternary extinction event, as labeled by the scientists. But again, considering the dating problems that we we've talked about earlier, and the fact that after the flood, Lifespans didn't completely drop off. People still initially lived up to as much as 500 years old. This, together with with uh, the prevailing environmental conditions immediately following the flood, could could easily elongate the the days given, uh, the dates given. Could could artificially extend those dates. So to sum up, then, does the Bible really describe? merely a 6,000-year-old earth and universe within which dwelled men and dinosaurs in harmony? The answer is no. Contrary to popular belief, the Bible isn't uh, contrary to science, isn't anathema to science. And in fact, they match up beautifully, even, even when considering the earth's earliest history. Genesis 1 verse 1 describes an initial creation of the earth, perhaps millions or billions of years ago, within which we have the age of the dinosaurs, and this matches up with the Mesozoic era. Genesis 1 verse 2 describes the earth becoming utterly desolate and destroyed. This matches up with the Cretaceous-Paleogene extinction, commonly known as Uh, the end of the dinosaurs, the end of the age of reptiles. Genesis 1 verse 3 onwards describes a recreation of the earth. This matches up with the Cenozoic era, the age of mammals, the age of man. The early chapters of the Bible describe the initial, uh, shall we say, debauchery of man and such, such breeding that as this, that even geneticists have highlighted in, in their research of very early human remains. And the Bible also describes an early people that, that do closely match the descriptions of the Neanderthal race. Now, the Bible describes a massive extinction event of land dwelling creatures, commonly known as Noah's flood. This almost certainly fits with what we've talked about as the Quaternary Extinction the extinction of what you might call Ice Age animals. And following this period, we have evidence of modern man, modern constructions, modern civilizations. And Bible chronology puts this modern post-flood development and dispersion of mankind at around 4,500 years ago. And surprise, surprise, various ancient traditions of a great flood and a Tower of Babel story can be found worldwide. The earliest of these traditions date to nearly 4,500 years ago. So again, we ask, is the early biblical history incompatible with what has been discovered by science? And the answer is no. And it's not about changing beliefs to fit the science. Our organization has been writing about the subject for uh, some 60 years or more, uh, before much of this new scientific research has emerged. Really, it's, it's simply about reading the Bible without preconceived bias, without forcing interpretation into it. And it's incredible to see the amount of corroboratory proof for it. So again, do check out some of our, our articles we've written on the subject of the Earth and man's early history You'll find them in the show notes on WatchJerusalem.co.il, and if you've got any comments, uh, send them to letters at WatchJerusalem.co.il. We we certainly appreciate the feedback. Finally, for more information on the veracity of the Bible, do request our free booklet, "The Proof of the Bible." It's as I say, it's absolutely free. All of our literature is absolutely free of charge. Well, that's all we have time for today. Thanks for joining us and until next time, take care.